0: Uh, Azeem uh, Rafiq, uh, the racism he's been uh, testifying in front of, of Parliament in, uh, in the UK the, the last week
1: For the first time I started to see f- for what it was um, felt isolated humiliated at times um, constant use of the word packy um, in 2017 pre-season tour we were in a, in a place and Gary Balance walks over and goes why are you talking to him? You know he's a packy um, or he's not a shake, he's got no oil. Um, end of 2017, um, we had a really difficult pregnancy. Um, and through that, um, through that time, the treatment that I received from some of the club officials were inhuman. Um, they weren't really bothered about the fact that I was at training one day and I got a phone call to say there's, there's no heartbeat. Davis on the DRS. News Talk ZB.
0: Well, cricket, uh, we've got to talk about rugby today, but cricket seems to have, have taken over. We've got Azim Rafiq and the and the uh, racist nature of English cricket over in the UK. And then to even top that, hold my beer, Tim Payne, the Australian captain, steps down just for the ashes. Joining me now, former England and, and Durham player, fast bowler Steve Harmison. Steve, uh, let's focus on the Tim Payne one uh, first. Um what three weeks before an ashes series what's been the reaction in in english cricket
1: uh, to be honest there's not, i don't think it's it's gone under it's gone under the radar a little bit not not massively it's gone under the radar a little bit because of obviously all the stuff that that's been going on scandal with uh, with english cricket at this moment in time but um, the Barmy Army have had a bit of fun with it um, as they as they always do, um, and obviously there's a few other people you know sticking the boot into to Tim Payne after what he said about you know his his counterpart in Joe Root about coming to the Ashes whether Joe Root's coming or not. But it doesn't look as though Tim Payne's going to be involved in it, um, which is a blow for England. I must admit, I think Tim Payne not so much as leader, but as a player in their eleven, I think there was a weakness there from that England could exploit. Um, he might still play, he might not. Who knows? But um, I think there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in English cricket that is higher higher up on the agenda rather than a, a little bit about the, the Australian captain. But Kim uh, Payne doesn't play, then that might that actually might make Australia stronger because. He, he put a lot of fires out when he came into the side after what happened in Cape Town. Um, and I think that you know, his his place was always in jeopardy from a performance point of view, um, especially now when he's not captain.
0: Yeah, do you know, it's fun. I'm glad you said that because when I was looking down the list of Australian players, he would have been the last one as an Englishman that I would have wanted dropped from the side. So uh, uh, hopefully he will stay in from that perspective. Is it, I, I mean, your initial reaction though uh, of the stepping down, do you, we don't know all the details, but assuming it was consensual, do you think a, they're justified in, in um, dropping him from the captaincy?
1: I think that's a personal choice. I think a personal choice, you, you, I remember a few years ago, you know, and, and somebody who, I, who I've i got a load of respect for, I love the bits, Sir Andrew Strauss, didn't go into Bangladesh as England captain just after I had retired and, you know, it was rest in rotation and everything that was going with it. Um, but I remember saying publicly then that, you have got a duty as England captain, as your national leader, to go into a, an opposing country because that's the job you signed up to. And I think the job you signed up to comes with so many terms and conditions. And I think one is the integrity of the office that you hold, which is the England captain or the Australian captain. So from that point of view, I think it could per a, I'm sure it's been taken out of his hands, but a personal choice that he has deemed that my actions weren't fit to represent Australia as captain, and I think that's why he's why he's he stepped down. All the stuff that goes back years, after, years upon years, um, you know, historical tweets, historical. We've all said things, we've all done things that we're not proud of, and I think there's a lot of people in the world of cricket at this moment in time wondering are they going to be next? You know, have I said something? Yeah, you know, I personally have questioned because characters in dressing rooms will always question what they've done or said um whether it has been you know without even recognizing without even knowing i think we've all everybody i don't think there's any person on this planet who has said something that they either shouldn't have said something or they've you know they've gone a little bit over the top so i think historically i think sometimes it's best left in the past but i think there's some things that you just can't hide from. And unfortunately for Tim, he's decided this is something that he can't hide from. It's not deemed fit enough for the office of Australian captain. And he's, and he's decided to step down. But I'm sure he had pressure from above.
0: Uh, it's Fascinating, again, that you mentioned that. I, I was thinking, I mean, the Ollie Robinson case, for instance, I thought was disgraceful the way that he was treated uh, by English yeah. cricket. But there seems to be this... You know, holier-than-thou attitude on social media that that, that brings pressure to bear on um, you know, administrations in various sports and and uh, businesses to to punish people severely for what seems to be minor acts as such it, the cricket um, Australia and Tasmanian cricket said that in the, after investigation it didn't contravene any of their code of conduct uh, acts I can understand with, with the um, higher profile of sports people nowadays they have to be wary of these things what was the code of conduct in your contracts like for, for both for, for Durham and for, for England there wasn't much I would
1: say in the line of what is what is obviously now, because social media, social media is, is massive now. It's a, it's a tool, it's a brand, um, and it also can be there to, to trip you up. I'm not sure I'd have played ten Test matches if social media was around. And you know the drinking schools that we were involved in, and, and some of the states that you were in when we were, we were a lot younger. But that's obviously the Fortunately, the camera phones weren't quite. Um, you had mobile phones which were like house bricks, but they didn't have cameras on them, which was quite fortunate. On my uh, my infancy of my um, my career, to be honest, um, and I think there'll be quite a few people in the late nineties period would would uh, would agree with me that it's a good job to work around. Then and look, world changes. You know, we've got to got to move with with that, and I think the code of conduct. I think when I think when Australia looked. At Tim Payne's case in 2017, like Tasmanian cricket did in 2017, deemed that he hadn't broke their terms and conditions. But unfortunately, they didn't know then he England going to be, uh, be Australia captain. And I think once you once you are a leader in name, like that, that, that job is, then I think it's very, very difficult to get away with some of the stuff that you've obviously possibly have done in the past. I agree the Ollie Robinson one was, I didn't think it was as bad as what what the the media met it out to be at the time, it was a very misunderstood young man who obviously made wrong. he was wrong in what he did, but I think to punish somebody from twelve years previous, your know, history is something we learned from in my opinion, and I think we had as long as Ollie Robinson changed as a person and learned as a person he was better for that being that person. then I think something could could as come out of something you know something that was you we know, are not so good at the time. Um, but I don't think this is going away any time soon in England we've just had you know we've just had you know not, it's not trial by media but we've had you know as in Rafiq stuff on the front page for you know for the best part of a week whether you know for what he was alleg- his allegations against other people and against Yorkshire badly handled or whether it was obviously as apologising and that in the wake of you know, a taxi driver who you know stopped a terrorist attack in Liverpool 48 hours before, and we heard very little about that because that's just unfortunately the way the, the media works, or the way the world works at this moment in time. So it is, it is very, very difficult over here in England with what's happening with the um, with English cricket. Um, but you know, the heads, the powers, got the heads around the table this afternoon apparently Um, and they've come with this 12 point plan and I've I've just had a look at it and again Talk is cheap. It's about actions now and fingers crossed our actions can be a lot better and make the cricket a lot better, better sport for everybody to be involved
0: in. I'll have a look at that a little bit later and we'll discuss it later during the show. Before we move on to, to Rafiq, um, what is it with, you've played against Australia home and away, you've, you've had successful series, you've had you know losing series against them. They come across and they portray themselves as real tough, rugged individuals. And yet, every time something happens, their captains start crying. I think of Kim Hughes, you know, think of Steve Smith, and now we've got Tim Payne all crying for themselves. What is it?
1: I'm not sure. There um, seem to be a, a big emotional book. Um, they are a very strong unit where they're all together, but it just seems when you sit one of them by themselves, that you know, they, they break down and, and they crumble a little bit. And... I think that's what England have got to try and do over the course of the the next sort of two months is try and put pressure on individuals in the group to crack because it's going to be hard for England over in Australia. I think both bowling units have got what what it takes to take 20 wickets in all five venues. I just think both batting units are quite frail and I think England have now got to try and exploit um, some individual weaknesses, and like I said before, yeah. You know, together as a unit, they're a they're a strong bunch. They always have been. But if you can isolate one or two, put them under pressure, um, and sort of try and pick holes in the in the unit, and all of a sudden the water might just cave in, and 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 hopefully they'll crack. And that's what England have got to try and do. But it's going to be a fascinating series. Um, from an English one, I hope it gives the captaincy to Pat Cummins, because that means you know they're going to have to put pressure on Pat Cummins. Not only physically but mentally, to do his job and and that for me, would be if I was an Australian I wouldn't want Pat Cummins as my captain. As an Englishman, I want him as my captain, as, as their captain, because you know that it might it might sort of harm form because I think he's for me he's still the best seam bowler in the world. Um, but it's it's going to be it's going to be a difficult series and one hopefully uh, a few more Aussies will be crying by the end of. January and England will, will be
0: coming back with a yarn, but it's going to be tough. Yeah, very tough. Well, I, I'm certainly with you on that, hoping that, uh, that they all cry at the, at the end, of, along with a few of my Australian mates. Now, on to the Rafiq thing. C- before we start, did you. I know you, were, you went to Yorkshire for. Was it one season? I, I'm trying to remember, Steve, but were you there when Rafiq was there? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I played. I
1: played. I was. Contracted to play five games, I think. Played four. I played three or four. Um, all played with Azim. Um, lovely kid. Really nice kid. Um, had his had his complications and demons when it comes to his cricket. Um, I think he was going through uh, a passage of of low confidence. Um, remember a game at Grace Road when he started bowling. As, I was put in as a senior player. I was finished. I was a has-been by then. I couldn't. I was. I was struggling as a. Uh, but it was the the young young players that they had. Jason Gillespie wanted some experience. Um, and I remember having a conversation with him why he was bowling around the wicket for the fir- his first over. And he was he was mostly saying, "Well, me action. I need to get me action through this and through that." So you had a lot of complications when it comes to. To sort of how he thought about the game, I thought he was a really nice kid. Um, I enjoyed his, I enjoyed his company, and I enjoyed the time I had at Yorkshire with some of some of England's, look, looking at it now some of England's top players. When you think of rooted, um, best still have gone on to, to great things, you know. Balance had a good career for England. Um, he was he was a young lad as well. Bresnan was young, so it was a it was a, a lively dressing room. I should say, because they were all between the ages of 18 and 21, and I was obviously a lot older, but he, what he did and how we went about in front of the MP the other day was, was, was heartbreaking. It really was. I was sitting there watching a young man you know, tell his story in front of people who, you know, from an MP's point of view, they just want to their little, yeah, little five minutes because they knew there were there were big headlines, and um, I thought he I thought he coped with it very very well. He's made a lot of allegations about Yorkshire, about ECB, about individuals, and I think what people have got to understand is the right to reply. So there are people denying it, there are people apologising for it, and I think when it all comes out. Yeah, you know, hopefully we'll be in a better place to move forward. I think Yorkshire held. I thought Yorkshire held it, um, held themselves badly. I thought their chairman was poor in front, but I think the way they've dealt with this whole situation, it was poor from literally from the start. The way they've dealt with Azim, and I thought the ECB didn't come out with any sort of glory. either. I thought Tom Harrison was had a poor day in front of the, the the committee as well. So, what's come out this afternoon in England? As hope for change and fingers crossed, you know, like Azim said right at the end, yeah, you know, this this might have been my destiny to to try and help change rather than you know have a career in, in cricket, professionally and a, a good career in cricket. It was to, to hopefully make it better for you know other uh, people to come into the game and uh, and feel as if they come in comfortably.
0: How much of it do you think, I mean, we all know that there's racists in society and unfortunately you can't legislate against them. You could introduce mm-hmm. legislation but you can't stop them thinking and acting the, the, the way that they do. How much of it do you think, Steve, was just um, racism and how much of it was just casual racism where people are just thinking they're having a laugh and and actually not realising what it's like from the other side?
1: I actually think there's a bit of both. Um, I think there's a bit of both. And I I don't think there's an innocent party in this. I think when you get in the dressing room, the the boys will be boys sort of tag that everybody wants to sort of stop and... uh, have, their, have that, that haven't been in a dressing room will not understand what it's like to spend six hours, eight hours with you know a group of lads. They're not going to just sit there and 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 sit and often read books and you know you're not allowed phones in dressing rooms anymore. So you know the the will yeah you know, I'm not going to use that word, but the, yeah the, there are going to be you know, little you know little jokes flying around and you know and that is something I think people need educating on. To what is hurtful uh what is beyond know, somebody saying something is not meaning meaning the way that where they're sort of carrying on um but also you know, I have the have a feeling for the for the guy that you are you might be yeah being negative towards so look it it's a mess it's an absolute mess what's happened with with english cricket um I think. A lot of people could be better in this situation. I don't think you'll ever change dressing rooms. I think people will see things that A they don't mean, B they don't understand, um, and hopefully this might be just a, a little uh, a little line in the sand that people can move forward with. Because the one thing it, the one thing I think we can all agree on is it's not put cricket in in a great light. And that's something that needs changing.
0: How much um, sort of blowback do you think uh, Azim's going to, to, to receive from this? Because I could imagine there'd be quite a lot of people that won't be happy with, with what he said and, and uh, are going to take umbrage.
1: Well, we've we, we seen that yesterday. We've seen that yesterday when the allegation of, of a, text, sorry, a tweet he, he tweeted out in two thousand. 11 i think it was um I, I would I would imagine there'll be more to come if there's anything out there um because there was a there was quite a few people on 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 the hit list from from when Azim was talking to Yorkshire about what happened in his time at Yorkshire um he's made some strong allegations and um, it's up to Azeem now to, to take whatever comes, if anything comes back at him. I hope, that, I hope that doesn't. I really don't because I don't think we can, I don't think this can carry on for too much longer um, without it really damaging the sport you know, properly. You know, we've had Essex come out and there's one or two at, at other places. Um, I think it's important that people do have their say. But, you know, when it comes to throwing mud one way and throwing mud another way, don't think that's healthy for the game of cricket. Um and if, if there are things that as he's done in his past I would imagine they'll be brought out very, very quickly because i you say know, there has been a uh, there has been some flak flying around and what you'll find and how would be the same, people will like I said before, right to reply, right to defend themselves. But also if if you know if you, if, if somebody's throwing punches at you you're not just going to stand there and text them. You're going to throw them back. And I think there was a, there was a punch thrown back yesterday. Um, I think the private investigating team found a tweet from a few years ago. And if, if there's any more out there, I'm sure they'll come back and they'll be, they'll be asking questions of Azim Rafiq. But I don't think that. I think that's just counterproductive. I think it's time that we move on and try and make cricket better for everybody, in, not just in England, but I think around the world.
0: Yeah, good, uh, good sentiment there, Steve. Finally, we'll end up. With... Thank you so much for your time, Steve. Before I go, I'm not going to mention that ball. I'm not going to mention that yeah. ball. I'm going to mention my favourite ball. A, uh, is a quick story. Um, Simon Dool's a mate of mine, and he organised tickets for through Stephen Fleming at Trent Bridge for the first Test against New, uh, England New Zealand in 2004. And um, yes. when he when Fleming found out it was for me, he basically said to Doolie, "Tell the pommy prick to get his own ticket. So I had. To to pay the 30 quid or whatever it was for the tickets, Fleming scored a 100 so I wasn't happy, I was hoping to see him go for a duck but then you made my day by getting rid of Craig McMillan first ball and I've waited all this time, 17 years just to thank you for that magnificent moment
1: <laughs> I remember him coming out to bat, if you remember he got some stick on that tour, being being a big lad Craig McMillan and he came out to bat if you remember with Mac sticker on the back of his bat it was hilarious. We were all, honestly, we were on kicks and laughing because we had given him some stick, put a bit of weight on. And then he comes out to bat with a McDonald's because we had played a one-day series, I think. I think they had played a one-day series before that, them in the West Indies, I think it was. And he, um, he came, out, came out to bat in the test match. I'm sure he came out to bat in the test match with a McDonald's sticker on the back of his bat, which was hilarious to us. But he you had know, good times. They were, that was a great series. England won. We won 3-0. We won 7-0. all will that summer. And it was a great series, but there were all them, all the all the test matches were. I remember, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a great tale of I tell you a great tale. A good one of my best pals who had had a few the night before. We played it headily, and he. To cut a long story short, the game finished a bit earlier. It might be bad light, rain, whatever. We needed five wickets to knock New Zealand over, and I said to my pals, you know. Look, we need five wickets. Come back to the hotel. We'll have a few beers, and they had Budweiser on tap. So um, so we're, we're diving in. You know, there was me, Freddie was there. There was about six or seven of my pals. We're having a good time. New, New Zealand no chance, I think, to win. And um, I was a bit dusty the next morning. I Had about eight or nine pints of Budweiser. So we go onto the field, and Jacob Orham hit me first three balls for oh. And Bob Willis, Bob Willis, I think great, great Bob Willis, fantastic commentator. He said. Um, he said something on the lines, like, I don't know what Armisen had this morning, but it uh, it, it certainly wasn't the right, blow blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we knocked him over. And I, as I was getting in the car, I had my, my powers in the car because we we're going back up to Ashington. And he stopped, he did stop the car because Bob Wilson was going back. And he went, Bob, I didn't like your comment. He said, do you not realize that breakfast comment this morning? Do you not realize he had nine pints of Budweiser last night? And I was like, just get in the <laughs> car, will you? And we, we went off. So, yeah, sometimes your mates are your mates, and sometimes your mates can put the foot royally right
0: in it. M- magnificent, Steve. Yeah, I've got a few mates who are exactly like that. Thank you so much for, for your time. We look forward to, to chatting to you again. And fingers crossed, Tim Payne stays in the side. <laughs>
1: fingers crossed, hopefully, no problem, at my anytime. DRS.